Welcome to Just to Know You, the podcast that interviews regular people at SAES and finds out they are far from regular. That's right. I'm your host, Darian Batten. And I'm Angela Kerskadden. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just to Know You. We are so excited. Um, we have a teacher from a new school today. We have the Daron Daycare school being represented and we have Paola and how do I pronounce your last name? It's Paola. I know it's hard because it's two big vowel, big vowels <laughs> together and that's hard for you guys. <laughs> and then your last but name? is Paola pa- yeah, Torres. Torres. Okay, perfect. Actually, my full name is very long. So you want me yeah, to say it? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> it's Paola Maria Torres Fontecha. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's my full name. And like here, we just we just use the first the first name and the first last name. Right. But in Latin America, most of us, we have two names and two last names. Very cool. Well, welcome. Um, you've already taught us a little bit about yourself. So tell me, where do you come from? Uh, I am from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is as well. We came here three years ago. So, and it's directly from Colombia. We we haven't lived in any other place. Well, we live in the States for a while, but a long time ago. So this is like our first abroad experience. <laughs> Wonderful. And you have children? I have. I have two. Uh, Emilia, she's eight years old. And Agustin, he's four. Wonderful. Very cool. So um, you didn't have, your child is four, so you would have had him in Colombia before you came here? Yes, exactly. He came here one year old. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, So tell me about where you come from. So what city were you born in and did you live in one place your whole life or did you move around in your childhood? Oh, I come from Bogota. That's uh, the capital city of Colombia. I didn't move at all. Like I was in Bogota my whole my whole childhood and my whole uh, college years. I was there always. Uh, my first uh, travel abroad was uh, when I was like 17 or 18 years old. My mom desperately wanted to uh, travel to the States. So that was the first place we visit. And we end up uh, living in the States like four months because my mom liked to travel around and she had some uh, church buddies. And we end up going to the East Coast. Uh, We live in Alexandria, Virginia. And then we went to North Carolina and then we end up in Florida. Uh, we live around here and there, and then we come back to Colombia. What so was, was it like for you as a 17-year-old who had never left oh, Colombia to go to America? I was so, so mad because because of that of, of that trip, I lost my senior year. In uh, Colombia, we have only to 11th grade, and we travel at the beginning of my 11th grade, uh, And I was so mad, but my mom was so convinced that that will give me tools and the language and a lot of this. But I like I really suffered at the beginning. Um, The last two months of that uh, travel was very nice because um, the last two months I went to like a summer camp 
uh, it was church related. It was what with one of these things that you guys have is. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm saying you guys like I'm assuming you're from the states. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm from Canada, just for the record. Oh, okay. And <laughs> in, in, in the states, they have these YMCA centers. Yeah. So I went to one of those uh, summer camps in the YMCA, and I have a blast. So it was one of the best experience for a teenager. And at the end, I wasn't so mad. But when I came back, I was so depressed because all my friends were already signed up. I couldn't um, catch them. So I had to wait six months to start my, um, my year again. And I end up graduating later than them. Mm. So, yeah, it was mad, 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 sad, sad, sad. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for a teenager, those years are really, really important to them uh, and your social and your friends and and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suffer a little bit. I still, I think I'm a little resentful with my mom about that. Like, I could have learned English any other way. Yeah. <laughs> but, um you know what? At the end of the day, I truly believe that uh, we are we are in the place we needed to be at yeah. that exact moment. Like then, I went. Uh, I if I if I stay in that year, all my friends went to became lawyers in Colombia, yeah. and I truly didn't want to do that. But I'm pretty sure the kind of girl I was. I would have become a lawyer just because mm -hmm. I was part of this group that we all, they all dream about becoming lawyers, but I didn't really want to do that. So thanks to that trip, I get like a little, uh, I put space between us mm -hmm. and I, I, I was able to make my own decision about what, what do I really wanted to study and major on. So I end up studying philosophy and political science. So Like I, I'm really grateful for that because that that trip allowed me to to put distance, and and maybe I was I I I really don't have lawyer material, so <laughs> it takes a special kind of person to do that yes. job. Um, tell me about your like family growing up. Did you have siblings, and what was your parents' occupations? Uh, actually, I'm a only child. Uh, my mom, uh, she says she was a single mom. Um, so she just one day she decided she wanted a child and she went out there and got me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were like the two of us against the world. And it was like super fun. My mom always makes sure that I had a plenty of activities to do. She was enrolling me in every single club she could find. I did everything as a child. I learned so many things. Like I was jumping from one sport to another. I was doing theater and I was doing a literacy club and I was playing and singing and <laughs> rollerblading and <laughs> playing volleyball. I did many things. Um, so yeah, my mom really kept me busy. Now, and tell me about the culture of Colombia. Was a single mom, like, is it a very progressive society where that's very, like, common? And, or was this, were you kind of an anomaly in terms of family structure? As I would say that Colombia has grown because, uh, I don't know, maybe 
30 years ago, it wasn't easy at all. Even like uh, as a single mom, she cannot give me her full last names. In mm -hmm. Colombia, it's very like most of the people have two last names. But if you are a single mom back then, 30 years ago, you could only give your child one last name. Mm -hmm. So everybody knew because of your last name, everybody knew that you are a single mom child. And that was very like a label, you know? When I think about kind of your past and I think about, you know, your mom had, was a single mother and uh, how you must have done a lot of like kind of growing up on your own or you've had some time where maybe you were without a grown up or was there anything that ever, uh, it was there an event or a person in your life who has really shaped who you are today? Okay, definitely. Yes, I had to grow up like a little bit fast and a little bit alone because I I was uh, especially during my um, the school years um, the junior and the high school years uh, most of my time was I was spending it alone that's why I maybe that's why the reason yeah. I started working in the in the daycare I told you about uh, that at the beginning they yeah. were giving me lunch because like there was a, a place for me to eat my lunch uh, fresh and warm. Um, but then I was doing so much work with the kids in the afternoons that they started giving me the lunch for free. <laughs> so it was like a free <laughs> thing for me. And definitely that place shaped my life a little bit because I get in touch with so many moms. Uh, this 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 daycare I used to work was uh, a governmental daycare, so uh, the moms get to have access to these places. The government uh, provides the food, but uh, the communitarian mothers, that is the actual name, these uh, ladies that run these daycares, they are called communitarian moms, and they get to have um, this uh, food that the government provides, but no salary at all. The only salary they were receiving was the amount, the amount of fees that they were charging the moms. But these, these, these kind of places are in some specific areas in the city where the, the population is very poor. So the amount of money that they were able to charge was almost nothing. So this was like a very cooperate, cooperative place, you know, like people were trying to do, uh, to in, in change some kind of trading, change things. So uh, I cannot pay you this month for my kids, uh, tuition fee, but I will uh, come every weekend and I will do your laundry or I will do your irony. That was the kind mm. of trade that I get I get to see every really? day. And I knew these moms were working and were trying very hard. But the thing is, either they pay, they pay for the kids' tuition, that it was like very cheap, or they they feed their other kids, the kids like elder kids that cannot be in these places where the government provide food. So, so yeah, I get to see, I get to see like, in a very early age, how how working moms struggle every day with uh, with the everyday 
care of the kids and the, the providing for food and it, it really uh, gave me a like a window to to them to the less privileged people in Colombia it's interesting because I feel like when I became a mother I understood what my parents had done for me. And it wasn't until I had experienced that with my daughters that I had the full appreciation for my mother. Now that came out, you know, when I was older, but you said that you were working in the daycare when you were like in your, how old were you? 12. You were 12. Do you, 12 years okay. old. 12 to 16. Imagine. So can, so. did you at that age have that same kind of like revelation about, cause your mom was one of those working mothers, right? Did you have that appreciation uh -huh. of what a single mom your mom had done for you as a as a baby i don't think as a teenager i get to realize mm. that thing on my own mom you know it 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 allowed me to see the world outside you know and to have a feel empathy for others but i i have my own quarrels with my mom back then so it was hard for me. She was like, okay, you just need a place to dump me or to leave me because you're so busy and you don't understand me because you are always busy and you don't have time to chat with me or to have, uh, to, to truly get to know me. Yeah. So at that moment, I, 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 I cannot say that at that specific moment, I get to realize, oh, my mom is working so hard and she's doing all of this so my for my own benefit no to be true no it took me it took me more years to realize that now in present day do you, you do you and your mom ever talk about those days or do you kind of not relive them we talk about it and and for her she's she's very thankful for that place because she says that that place keep me out of trouble uh, you, you you know uh, we used to live in a neighborhood that wasn't like all safe and all secure like for me it was very easy to have access to not so good things yeah sure <laughs> but i was busy I was busy in the daycare. I was busy planning things for the kids, yeah. cutting here, painting. I was busy seeing all these moms because there's a lot of uh, teenager moms in mm. Colombia. So I I was busy seeing these girls that were a little bit older than me, yeah. running running through life with with kids and with major responsibilities. So so it really kept me in a safe place now and, as an adult do you appreciate what your mom did by making you of work course yeah. <laughs> of course i do yeah. like i i truly understand what what she went everything she did was her best choice yeah and her best choice was to keep me safe to feed me to sure sure she was just trying to be a good mom right exactly so growing up like the way you did. And like you said, there were times when you were kind of like uh, on your own and with it just being your mom. I, as a coach, I used to ask people this. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in asking you, do you trust people first when you, or are you a trust is earned person? I will say I, when I trust someone, I, I truly trust. It's not easy because 
it's just I don't I, I think I don't have I don't open to anybody so when I open I'm all open mm. <laughs> it's not uh, and I, I it's not that I select people it's just that you got this feeling with this with this person you can truly be yourself on or or not and if that if, if I don't I don't get the feeling uh, I, I I got this feeling I'm very instinct you know like it's if I had the feeling I will be open yeah. and I will share my whole self <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of friends but the ones I have they are they are like to die for that's interesting i was just thinking about uh, how much of that like trust you so in other words i think you're saying you're a trust is earned person um okay and how much of that is cultural you know like um this is just a side note story we when we first arrived we bought our car from a, a family from colombia that was leaving and the man came to our house and we handed him a stack of cash we paid in cash and so it was a big pile And um, he said, can I come in to count it? And for me, culturally, I was like, you can trust us. We've we've given you the money. And he goes, I don't want you, if you didn't count it right, I don't, and if I go home and I say there's some missing, then you won't trust me. And I was like, no, that's, oh, sure, come in. So we sat at our kitchen table and he counted this big stack of of (laughs) money. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't that expensive of a car, but um, I just thought that was really like kind of interesting because um, I was like- It is, is. definitely in Colombia, we we don't go, we we don't go open it, our homes or our our, uh, selves to everyone. And, you know, Colombia is this magical place where everything can happen. <laughs> but everything means everything. Yeah. Since, like, from the meanest drug lord we have ever seen to this wonderful writer that uh, wrote A Hundred Years of Solitude and he won a Nobel Prize for it, you know, like, and we have, and we even have a Nobel Prize and we have, we have so many different kinds of people, but anything can happen any and we we grew up believing that so the, you can trust someone but that same person can steal from sure. you sure interesting so it's better it's better not to completely trust so even with your friends or you are very like in money things we are very okay Here's where we business, set line right? and, and this is business. We're not friends for in this moment. We are doing yeah. We're, we we don't shake hands. We sign things. Ah, interesting. <laughs> it's funny when I was watching you. You were talking about with the first time you mentioned Columbia. Your, your face kind of like I, I, for the listeners that because we don't videotape the uh, the screen here. But your 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 face like looked up in the sky and you kind of like lit up when you said when you talked about <laughs> Columbia at first. It, it seems like it holds like a super special place in your heart. Um, it is good. Um, so when you think back on all the things that you've accomplished, what is something that you are proud of? When I start studying in college, I, I went to a public university. But at that time, the university didn't allow us to get double majors. So, and I wanted to have a double major. So I remember I had to go to another university to find my double major. I wanted, I was studying philosophy, I wanted to study political science. And I was in a 
public university and uh, then I had to go, as my mother has a military background, I went to the military school, uh, like the college for military people. Yeah. And I was, and I went there and I was studying my, my um, political science major there. So I was attending two different college at the same time. Wow. But they are extremely different. Like you cannot believe how different they are because this is military people that they are very strict and they have these uh, right wing pol uh, views and policies. And I, in the other hand, where I was studying philosophy is this left wing university where everybody's like free to do and say and there's images in the in the mayor um, of the university. There's a picture of the uh, Che Guevara. There is a big revolutionary guy. <laughs> so that environment versus the other one that was and I had to deal with it. I had to move from one I was studying in the morning in one place and in the afternoon in the other one and I was like moving into these two completely worlds um, and people couldn't believe like oh you're from Nacional wow you must be someone very bad and I was no I'm not I'm here I don't I, like I don't do bad things I don't go in the street uh, like destroying things or anything but the same happened in the other place like oh you go to the Universidad Militar oh you must be very uh, very bad and you talk to all these military and they are murderers and blah, blah, blah. and it was no they are not like there's good uh, people there too yeah. and everybody's just trying to live their lives the best they can so it was and then I was working back then I was working in a gay bar so in the afternoons all my nights I spent from Wednesday to Saturday I spent bartending in this place was it like a secret bar like or was it open like people knew about it it's like gay community they knew about it mm -hmm. but from the outside you cannot tell it's a it's a gay bar but like we have in bogota we have like these areas where com where gay community all uh, the the they can uh, get together and be safe around those areas but uh, if they go out of those places it's not as safe mm. for them so this place was not in that area okay so in the outside, it cannot look like that yeah. at all. But you know, boys to boys, they 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 spread the word, and a lot of people was coming. Yeah. So they came in very serious, and inside totally different. Yeah. So, and I was moving in all these words because even the left wing or the right wing people is pretty homophobic in Colombia still. So it was like. I had to deal with all these, um, what do you call it? Like pre-nauseous or preconceptions about life yeah. and about how the other is. Because for them, it's the others, the enemy, the, the ones that don't think like us. So how do you deal with that? Are you a like bite your tongue, don't say your opinion kind of harmony person? Or are you like, no, I'm going to change your mind. Let me tell you, let me tell you about the other people and how... You know, let me let me try I, to create peace here. 
I will try. I will try always to change your mind about it. Like, no, I know a case. Like, whenever someone was saying, oh, I know those people are bad because blah, 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 blah. I will say, no, I know someone that is not like that. Or, no, I don't believe you because this is my case or this. Good for you. No, I'm, I, kind of the, <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I, if I'm talking to somebody and they're like, you know, if they have some kind of like conspiracy theory about the world or something, in my opinion that it is, I'm like, I am never going to change your mind. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. and so I just kind of like leave it because I, I don't know. It's hard. I admire you for trying to. It is super hard. And especially Colombia, uh, like uh, four years ago, we, we went on this major uh, peace agreement. We, we we made peace the government made peace with the most with the biggest uh, revolutionary group that uh, was active in Colombia what year is this uh, it's 2010 okay 2000 no later 2016 okay 14 like it it last I was starting my years in my master degree so it was the, that was 2012. And the peace agreement finally came through like 2006, 17. Yeah, it was like four, four years. Okay. They were, they were negotiating. Um, and when the, the, the agreement was finally there, they, the part signed it up. They put it out for the, for the people to vote on it. If they, if they allowed uh, that, because the government cannot do such major changes if they have not the, the, the popular um, support. So they put it out for the people to do a vote on it, similar to what they did in in Ireland. Yes. And in Colombia, they ask one simple question. Do you agree with the uh, peace agreement? Yes or no? Oh, wow. Okay. And people vote no. Oh. And no was the option that won. And how did you feel about that? Oh, I remember that day I felt worse than like a major breakup, you know, mm. like I felt completely hopeless. And I cry and I I remember we I was already married and we sit with our my husband and we said, This cannot be happening. What what is the matter with people? We have been killing each other for 70 years. We cannot keep doing it. At the end, uh, like this agreement had such um, support from the international community. Uh, the government managed to, to sideways um, the popular opinion and they, they came through with it. But it was, it's still a struggle in Colombia, that, that thing. And there's still people that will say it's the worst thing we could ever have done because now we have all these guerrilleros, people that used to have arms and fighting the, the, the government that is now sitting in the Congress and earning these big salaries. And that's a shame and that's uh, so unfair and we cannot allow that. And I keep telling people, good, good that he's there earning some money and not out there killing people. Sure. 
Yeah. So, so the priest agreement eventually came. So it was it it came through. Okay, yes. so it was denied in 2016. And then how long has this uh like in the 2018 they they made a few changes to the original test and that way that that moment they didn't put it to the popular opinion they just took it to congress mm. and it was uh, on the congressmen and women to to sign it up or approve it and they did find they they did what they had to do uh, one of the major things was that uh, all these groups and their leaders the the ones that were leaving the arms behind they get to have um, seats in the Congress and in the Parliament. Do you consider yourself political? I am very political. Yeah. Well, you have a political science degree, right? I do. Yeah. So yes. it's something that interests you. It is. Yeah. It is. What is it about po politics that's interesting to you? For me, it's something that you cannot hide from. Yeah. Politics runs through life. Mm. And even if you say, I'm not interested in that, I don't want to know, I don't want to participate. Every year, every day, you pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something that comes out from, of, of your own pocket. Mm -hmm. And like people is putting their hands in your pocket and you don't care what they are doing with that money. Yeah. I mean, like, like are you political me, enough where you, like, go to marches and stuff? Do you? I do. Mm, good for you. I do, I do. I, I'm very, very, like, I hate when things get uh, violent mm, on, sure. on, 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 because it's, like, not my thing. I, I, I am the first one to run away, but I'm always there, first-handed. I'm like I learned from my first years uh, back in college. I was going out for the day of the fallen student uh, because Latin America has a big history of military killing students mm. in big marches. So you have to be there. Like you have to show some kind of support. So uh, in Colombia, we do a big, big, big uh, street demonstration in Women's Day, mm. for example. And it's massive. Everybody goes out. It's And it's so beautiful, you mm. know, like seeing all these people. And we don't look alike. We don't even believe the same thing. Like if you put our whole uh, core of values, we don't we don't match in everything. It's just one this simple thing that we we share, and is women deserve to be paid the same, or women deserve to be out there without uh, they having to have a permission from their husband. Women deserve to have a choice about their body choices, like. Uh, any of those things that we 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 agree on, it's worth uh, knowing that there's a community out there that believes the same as you. Yeah, and it it gives you strength and it gives you hope. Yeah, hope. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Well, who is somebody that you admire? Back in Colombia, there is this. Um, she's a writer. Her name is Velia Velia Duran. She has in the in the Pacific area. She has a school, and she has always uh, defend the right to 
black people educate her own black people. Mm. You know, like she says that they cannot follow a white system, a system but that is imposed from the capital, that doesn't know the necessities of the area, that doesn't know how people is getting by, how people is um, doing to survive in in their in their habitat <laughs> let's say no i agree and i mean that, that's super so they need they need like the the solutions they need to come from within yeah they are the ones to have to be in charge yeah so she's a very big uh, advocate of let us govern ourselves mm -hmm. we need we need to stop this because uh, all these policies about people coming to tell you exactly what you need to do to do it right yeah. this time so no that's not gonna work mm -hmm. we want your money of course <laughs> we want your money we need it yeah but let us decide what to do with with that yeah yeah i mean and it's an important step to um to keep cultures right and to because you said they're from a different part of colombia like the pacific mm -hmm. uh, yeah the pacific area yeah and we have in Colombia, what, like I was telling you, Colombia is this wonderful place that anything can happen. Yeah. And it's so big. Yeah. And you can have a representation of every type of person. Uh, did you see the Encanto movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for me that movie, it's like the perfect example. The family, the Maribel's family, you can see every skin color in that family. Oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, I didn't notice that, did but that's similar in Colombia. Yeah, it is like that. Yeah. Like we, you can find every single color and everything. We have everything and that's amazing, but it. Do you ever experience much racism there? If it's. I will say yes, for sure. Yes. Mm. Even. Like five years ago, they they had to fight the black community. Have to fight uh, some um, comedy program on TV because they were doing blackface. Um, when was this? And Recently? five years ago. Oh. Like, come on! And the show was so popular, you couldn't believe. And they have to do like a big thing the the national justice court have to uh, silence like shut down the program because they they didn't want to go hmm. they, they tried like saying hey that's offensive hey stop doing it and they refused no it's so popular we're not hurting anyone uh, we're telling the truth it's just humor you know like no it's not hmm. so yes colombia has a very uh, hard relationship with uh, racial stuff, I will say yes. And it's weird because we have a huge um, community, a black community, uh, indigenous people. We are a mix of everything. Like, doesn't make it's, sense. It's weird. It doesn't make it's sense. Like, like, <laughs> um, you, you've been so generous with your time, and so I, I won't uh, keep you for too much longer. But I do have a question that I wrote down. When you talked about your country, um, you said when they didn't sign the peace agreement, you cried and you cried. And um, I did have a question down, written down and kind of maybe besides like politics and, and like passions towards your country, what is something that always kind of strikes your heart and like would 
make you cry. Hmm. It is definitely the inability for us as a society to notice underprivileged. Mm -hmm. the, the ones in Colombia, there is a, say, a saying, a popular saying, that the poor is poor because it chose it. It, it, want, it They wanted mm -hmm. to be poor. And for me, that's like, that's... I don't know, something very bad has come over every single people that believe that. Yeah. It's not because the people want, who wants to be poor? Come on. Yeah. Everybody wants to feed their child. It's not, it's not that people want to be rich mm -hmm. like because it's this, like they want to be easy rich. And that's why we have all, all these drug dealers in Colombia. It's not, it's not real. People just want to feed their children. Yeah. People just want to have something to to share with their family. It's not real that they they are choosing to suffer. And the other day, I was listening one of your your first podcast, <laughs> yeah. and you talk about um, uh, happiness and how to be. Uh, like how to embrace happiness, how to discover the magical the magical formula, you know, to this is the way. This is the way where you if you do this, 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 then you can be a happier person. And then I thought in Colombia, people actually believe that we are the most happiest place on earth yeah. and that our people is the happiest yeah. on earth. And they truly believe. And you go to the poorest regions, to the desolated, to where no government, no officers, no health insurance, no nothing. And you go there and on a Friday night or on a Friday afternoon, a people is in the street talking to each other, talking to the neighbors. And they're happy. They are happy. And maybe it's easier to be happy when there's so much suffering around you. You see happiness and you grab it and you enjoy that moment because you know it's not gonna last. Tomorrow morning, there me, they, they might be something out there that is gonna kill your happiness right there. But now, in that moment, they cherish you. So it's like that in Colombia. It's, it's, it's people suffer, like we, I, I was telling you the other day. Uh, In, Colum in Bogota, for example, we have the horrible traffic. Yeah, you said the that. The whole Latin America. Like you get to have, to spend your whole life there inside a car. Like just killing time in millions and millions of cars. But people get home tired and they manage to go outside again. And for me, that's, you have to... Colombia, we, we are special. There has to be something that people is willing to keep living, hmm, you know, yeah. to keep enjoying life. To, okay, let's go to the movies. Let's go to this or there. Or it's like, definitely, we are the happiest people on earth. We, we don't lose hope easily. When we see the opportunity to be happy, we grab it. And, and even if it is just by... I don't know, a seconds of life, you 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 get it and you have it and you hold it near 
and when it's over, okay, it's over. It's time to suffer again. <laughs> but that's amazing. Uh, you know what? I I love talking about you, talking to you so much, is because your love for Colombia is like you wear it on your shoulder, and I love that I can feel that, and I can, and I see it in your eyes and how it sparkles, and it's just you know sometimes when we have these podcasts, I'm unsure what the theme will be or kind of what you know like uh, we talk about oh what should the title be, but for you this was just such an easy. Um, this is such a clear path that this is about your country that you love so much. Um, how much do you miss it being here? Are you okay being away from Colombia? I think, uh, I, I, we came here thinking that it will be good for our kids. Yeah. You know, like we, we already survived Colombia. Yeah. So we know how to, how to be alive in Colombia and how to enjoy it. But maybe I wanted something different for them in the sense it's it's hard because yeah. sometimes when you ask me what I miss the most in Colombia is the madness. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Like people people all the time like in the in the streets like coming to you selling you things yeah yeah there's always you you as soon as i get to the airport like I, the i'm landing and i know i i, I go into survival mode uh -huh. i have to grab my phone i have to everything kids and i became this totally different person because here i i am all like yeah. life can be taking time it's okay yeah. five minutes and i'm at work uh five minutes and i i'm back here having my lunch with my kids and in colombia i'm always running no we have to go there and if we are in a in certain place we know we have to grab like what we need from that place because coming back to that place maybe is not an option for another week or a month or right. <laughs> so if you go to the downtown you know you have to oh i have to go to the library and i have to go to this bar to buy something and i have to go to this store and i and you are always yeah yeah and here life goes more steady and slow no more tranquilo yes so much <laughs> but but that's what i miss the most baby yeah, yeah. because because yes in colombia you get to be all sure, in the present you know all the time yeah. you need to be there there because if you think too much or if you fly or you let your imagination then you lost you got rough uh, <laughs> so many things yeah. can happen that no you need to be Full, yeah, yeah, you got to be 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100% on your game. Interesting. Well, no yes, after everything I've heard about Colombia, like it's like on my list. I want to go. It sounds amazing. Definitely. Um, you have been so, so generous with your time and helping us create this episode no, for just to you, know Angela, you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And I think it would be fun to hang out sometimes. I play soccer, but um, we don't really have much of a soccer team here in RT. But if I lived in Daran, I'd for sure be on that team with you ladies. It would be fun. It's so good. It will be a pleasure to have you. Thank <laughs> you, Angela. This has been really nice. I hope we bump into each other one day. Thank you for listening to Just To Know You. We would like to thank our amazing tech man, Mr. Kent Arimura, 
Sterling McDonald for the podcast music, and the SAES community. See you next time. If you know anyone who you think has a great story to tell, we would love to hear about it. Please send an email to either Angela, Darian, or Kent.